Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening. This is Davisville on KDRTLP 95.7 FM in Davis, California. You can find us online anytime at kdrt.org slash Davisville. I'm Bill Buchanan. I'm your host. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, today is one of those taking care of business type of programs with a subject that isn't sexy, but it affects anyone who ever travels between Davis and Sacramento. And this is the project to add a fourth lane to Interstate 80 from a few miles west of Davis into Sacramento. So if you travel that stretch even occasionally, particularly when it's crowded, uh, then you're likely interested in this. But even if you never travel on I-80, the freeway influences Davis. It brings people and goods to and through our town. The freeway can also serve to encourage or discourage certain kinds of community growth. Of course, then there's also transportation and environmental issues and regional questions. All sorts of reasons to pay attention to this subject. Today's guests are Autumn Bernstein, Executive Director of the Yolo Transportation District, and Lucas Frerichs of Davis, who chairs the County Board of Supervisors. That's the elected board that oversees the county government, Yolo County government. He's also well-versed in transportation matters, and he's a former mayor of Davis. Uh, just a program note to the audience, I am getting over a cough. I hope it won't show up during today's show. If it does, I'll do my best to edit it out. But if you hear a little catch in my voice once in a while, that's probably what it is, it's the vestige of a cough. Anyway, Lucas, Autumn, thank you for uh, taking time to talk with us today by Zoom. Thanks so much for having us, Bill. Thanks for having us here. So both of you are very involved in this whole discussion and project as a process, and it's got reports and findings and studies and things like that. But I want to start with what I think is the gist of the broad question. First, should Caltrans, California essentially, expand Interstate 80 to four lanes in each direction through Davis? It's currently three lanes. And then if so, what kind of added lane should it be? Carpool, toll, transit only, or I suppose it could be a regular lane. I think Caltrans' term for these lanes is managed. Is that the basic question before us? Autumn, go right ahead. Sure. Lucas is my boss, you know, so I'm always going to, <laughs> I'm always going to offer to have him go first. And yeah, I think the key question for your listeners and for the people of Yolo County is, is doing nothing better than doing something to this stretch of freeway? And, you know, the, the, the stepping back, the context of doing nothing does not actually mean that things will stay the same, right? Because the traffic that we experience on YOLO 80, the vast majority of that traffic is not actually from people who are coming to or leaving YOLO County. It is people who are traveling between the Bay Area and Sacramento. This is essentially the land bridge, right? They're really the only way to travel between Davis and Sacramento, both the freeway itself and then the Capitol Corridor rail line, which runs right next to it. And so the question, if we do nothing, what happens? And because of the growth, the population growth, the economic growth that we have of being sort of sandwiched between these two fast growing regions, we know that more and more people are going to travel across the causeway over the coming 20 years. And so it's not a question of do we keep it the way it is or do we add another lane? It's do we let it, do we allow it to get so much worse than it already is? Or do we try to do something now to both improve things as they are on the ground, but also really get ahead of the growth that is coming and the additional congestion that's coming? The, well, the opponents probably of the idea of expanding it would say, yeah, you need to manage that throughput, to use kind of a wonky term, the, the travel, but you know, manage it some other way, manage it with transit, manage it with the capital corridor, things like that. What about that point of view? Yeah, I'm happy to sort of jump in. I think, you know, the current, in my opinion, the current state of this segment 
of the I-80 corridor is, you know, unacceptable and uh, improvements are long overdue. And, you know, I think it's been, you know, the main, this sort of main segment has not been touched in, you know, greater part of 50 years. <laughs> so there are managed lanes being constructed in along I-80 currently in Solano County uh, and throughout other parts of California. And, you know, I'm not totally surprised that Caltrans is seeking to bring this tool to the Sacramento or sort of greater Sacramento region. You know, the, several goals of the project, of course, are to improve goods movement and transit operations and smooth, ensure smooth travel across the Yellow Causeway. You know, I've also hear the call for more transit, of course. And I, but I think the key with the managed lane is it helps to bring in revenue for enhanced transit operations. Uh, and, you know, I've long been an advocate for enhanced transit in our region, having ser served on the boards of, you know, Capital Corridor, uh, you know, Yolo Transportation District, of course, as well as Sacramento Area Council of Governments. But I think there's an ability to do both is the point um, there. And that, and, you know, some of the revenue that would come in from a potential managed lane in this stretch would help to augment additional or enhanced transit services as well. Yolo Transportation District also runs the Yolo bus. We are the primary provider of transit across the causeway between Davis and West Sacramento, along with, of course, you know, Capital Corridor, right, and the train service. But we run the vast majority of buses that run across there. And I can tell you the number one complaint that we have from our passengers is how unreliable the travel time is because the buses sit in traffic, because there is not a carpool lane or anything that allows the buses to bypass the congestion. And so it, it can take 20 minutes, it can take two hours. And more often than not these days, it takes much longer than it should. And so one of the things we know about transit is one of the most important things in terms of people's choice to take transit is not just travel time, but travel time reliability. So if you don't know if it's going to take you an hour or two hours to get to work, you're not going to hedge your bets. And so for us, the benefit of a managed lane is twofold. One, it gets the buses out of the traffic and it actually performs better than a carpool lane at managing congestion because you have the ability to change the price that allows you to regulate demand. So, the, so the, unlike carpool lanes, which get congested in busy areas, a toll lane or an express lane does not get congested because you have the ability to toggle the toll. So, so the, the buses keep moving. And then as you know, to, to Supervisor Ferrick's point, you're also creating a source of revenue that you can then reinvest in having more frequent transit using the corridor. So it's really, it's really so much better for transit in a lot of ways than either a general purpose lane or a carpool lane. Now you're talking about a report. It's a draft environmental impact report. It's what you've been looking at. And the option that the YOLO transportation board, Lucas, that you're on, favored this week or mid-December was the HOV lane. Cars with three occupants or more could ride for free. Buses could go through there. But I think I'm hearing you say now, Autumn and Lucas also, that this would be a lane that you could charge for. Is the idea then that someone who isn't on a bus or isn't in a car with three people could pay a toll and use that lane? Yeah, that's exactly right. So the recommendation that the board had to Caltrans is that Caltrans select the alternative that would have any vehicle with three or more passengers, that whether it's a car, a van, or a bus, would use the lane for free. A car with less than three passengers would pay a toll. And normally the way this works that we see in the Bay Area and elsewhere is that solo drivers pay the most. Two-person carpools probably pay a discount. And then those tolls are reinvested into additional transit service and other incentives to get people to take other modes across the corridor. Will the technology be able to distinguish between a car that has three occupants and one that has two? The technology is evolving. Right now, the, the systems that are in place in the area, it's the honor system. So you have a, it's it's like the, the fast track, but it actually has a little button and you have to say if you're one, two, or three. 
There are detectors that can detect if you say you're a two-person and there's nobody in your passenger seat. So there's cameras that can detect that. And increasingly now, Caltrans is actually looking at other sorts of technology that would allow them essentially to use license plates and cameras that are focused on the license plate rather than the fast track. It's a fast evolving situation out there with regard to the use of technology. But yes, the systems that are in place right now, it is the honor system for the most part. You know, the other argument against adding lanes for cars, probably not a, against a lane just for transit, would be that, you know, it, you're chasing your tail, uh, that, you know, you add capacity that lasts a little while, but the demand is so great that it just fills up again. And before long, you're essentially where you are now. Maybe you're waiting 50 minutes instead of 60 or, or so. In other words, that we're just sort of choking on growth and you need to find an alternative to more lanes. I know that's part of the what you heard at your meeting, uh, the Yolo District this past week, but you, you read it elsewhere. What's your response to that? I think like any sort of project, you know, there's benefits and drawbacks, right? I mean, I think, you know, managed lanes are increasingly used as a tool, help the flow of traffic, and they provide an opportunity to prioritize transit, you know, especially buses, and as well as, again, to help provide revenue to fund additional transit. You know, I think it's, you know, really difficult, you know, having only two primary roadways, either I-80 or I-5 to get from Yolo County to points east of us, it doesn't leave folks with many options. So, you know, I mean, one potential drawback is the impact a toll has on those who can least afford it. But there's ways to, there are definitely ways to ensure equity and has been demonstrated in other regions with similar infrastructure. One thing that also has to be taken into consideration is the amount of time spent in congestion and gridlock, you know, that people, users of the corridor already experience. Uh, I think that, you know, and, and you look at some of the sort of, you know, I'll say negative, frankly, side effects of this sort of phenomena, you know, most days you'll have people getting off the freeway in Solano County, you know, it's sort of Kidwell Road and they're doing back country roads down Tremont and then up Mace Boulevard and, you know, that sort of completely gridlocking Mace Boulevard in South Davis as an example. And so this is the type of situation that we're seeing people are routinely, if, if I-80 is bad, They'll also go north on 113 and come across through Woodland and, you know, sort of jam up I-5 as well. So, I mean, it's, you know, and these are, a lot of this is generated from some of the usage of some of the apps such as Waze and others, traffic routing apps and such. But I think it's, you know, imperative as a policymaker for us to try to take on some of these big issues as they come up and, you know, try people, people even I'll just say one other quick thing. I think it's really interesting. You know, there's been some construction that's happening on I-80 now, right? And that is a sort of a project that Caltrans is working on that is around sort of preparation for this eventual project and, and sort of doing hardening of the medians and things of that nature. And when you talk to the average person and say that people are already, people already think the managed lanes project is happening. <laughs> they're, you know, they're very surprised that this project is not actually underway. And, you know, the thing that I hear loud and clear from many, many residents of Yolo County across the board, regardless of which side of the cause we live on or anywhere in the county is, we need you to fix that situation. And why aren't you fixing it? And why hasn't it been fixed already? And so I think that's one of these situations where the average person who has to deal with having to try to transverse this um, or transit this stretch of uh, highway, they're really, <laughs> there's a lot of desire to have it, to see it, some changes there and have it be fixed. Yeah, the project that's going on right now is, well, it's it's kind of the first part of two parts, right? Which is to say that the work being done on the causeway now is for maintenance and rehabilitation, as I understand it. Right. Uh, but it very definitely does set the stage. And Lucas, maybe this is more of a question for you since you know you're you're elected. 
where do you think this is going to go? I mean, when all is said and done, do you think we're going to end up with adding a fourth lane with it being a high occupancy slash bus lane slash toll lane for lower occupancy? Uh, I mean, I think the verdict is still out on that. You know, I think that we, I mean, especially with the draft AIR pending, it'll be interesting to see. There's lots of public comment, obviously, opportunities available through the public comment period closes on January 5th. Caltrans has to then take all of that public comment and sort of work it through it and sort of try to respond to it before there's ultimately an approval of the of the EIR. And then sort of, you know, we'll see which alternative Caltrans sort of comes forward with as the preferred alternative in the project that they decide they want to move forward on. I think that's also why it's so important for us as the, you know, the YOLO Transportation District Board, but also just members of the public to be weighing in uh, on the sort of, you know, what they want to see happen. That all this public engagement really does help shape the type of project that actually moves, ultimately moves forward. You know, that's a, a good lead in, uh, and Autumn, maybe this is for you. If someone wants to comment on this, how can they get their comments to you and it said that the board will see it and you'll see it and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple different ways they can weigh in. Caltrans is accepting comments, as Lucas mentioned, through January 5th. And there's a link to the to the Caltrans site where you can submit your comments on our website, which is yolotd.org. Yolotd as in YOLO Transportation District.org. We have a whole page where we have background. We even have a short video about the IED project that people can watch there. Not everybody wants to read a thousand page document and, and and write a comment letter, you know, and 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 I'm so grateful that we have the robust community engagement in Davis that we do that, you know, that we, do, we do have folks that we know are weighing in. For those who maybe, you know, don't have the time or the inclination or just the knowledge to, to want to dig in in that way. Uh, we also put together an online survey that's on our website, also at yolotd.org, that takes about five minutes and it just asks, you know, where do you live? Where do you work? How often do you use the causeway? How often do you drive? Blah, blah, blah. And then ask some questions about what people would like to see happen there in terms of their preference on the lanes. You know, one of the questions, again, is if there's toll revenue that's generated, how, how do you think that revenue should be spent? Is it on making transit more affordable? Is it on, you know, better bicycle and pedestrian, you know, improvements, et cetera? So and that's a great way for, you know, for those who don't necessarily feel Feel like doing some light reading of an EIR at bedtime to uh, to also make their voice heard. I heard you sneak that in there, a little light reading of an EIR at bedtime. I, that, <laughs> I mean, not be... everybody like an eye wants to, you know, wants to pick up an EIR on the weekend and, you know, put it on their bedside table, right? Quick station ID. I am Bill Buchanan. This is Davisville on KDRT Radio in Davis, California, and we are talking with Lucas Frerichs and Autumn Bernstein. Lucas is, uh, well, he's the chair of the County Board of Supervisors, and Autumn is the executive director of the Yolo Transportation District, and we're talking about the project to expand, widen Interstate 80, basically through Davis. So about the survey, I was looking on the website, and I thought this was interesting, and I wondered if either of you might have insight about this. 57% of the respondents in the district survey said they would strongly object to an HOV lane of, with a floor of three. But 52% said they would support or strongly support one that just required two. Now, I mean, the obvious answer, I suppose, is, well, it's easier to get two than three. More people travel two in a car than travel three in a car. But the numbers are striking. You go from majority support for two to majority opposition against three. What do you make of that? 
Well, I think the people that have, have responded to the survey, you know, we also have an opportunity for people to write comments. And there's a lot of people who you know, who just don't believe in tolling whatsoever. They think, you know, I I, I just I just want to be able to use the, the, the highway for free. And we did not give that as an option. That's not one of the choices in our survey, because we know that that's not one of the alternatives that's being considered. And so we didn't give people the choice to pick a, a general purpose lane. So what I see there is that people are as much as possible sort of saying, I don't wanna pay a toll I, and I wanna have as few instances as possible where I have to pay that toll. You know, and we hear that and we, and we recognize that. On the other hand, we also know that we have a responsibility to the environment. And we wanna do this project in an environmentally sustainable way as possible. So we have other people saying, I want a transit only lane, right? And that would be the most environmentally sustainable solution. But we know that that would actually make, if you know, congestion so much worse. And we have only six to eight buses, you know, per hour running across the causeway. That would be functionally be an empty lane. So I think what we're trying to do is say, is there a middle path here? Can we thread the needle? Can we do something that does allow, you know, solo drivers who are in a hurry to make a choice, you know, to pay the toll if they're in a hurry to, you know, so that they can get quickly across the causeway. But not just adding more and more lanes that just, again, go back to encouraging more driving to the point that you were making. If we just keep widening the freeway, we'll just be encouraging more driving. So I think the approach we have here is really meant to sort of both balance the public's desire to just give me more lanes so I can go with the need to do this in an environmentally responsible way. Yeah, and I think I took your point about the survey to, you know, an HOV lane with a requirement of one would not be a high occupancy vehicle. So the people who are voting for two are saying, well, that's the closest to one I can register on your survey. That's interesting. The tolls, I assume, would be like a fast track kind of a, a thing. Has anyone had any discussion so far as to what kind of, or maybe I should ask the question this way, what do these lanes charge drivers now elsewhere? I realize it would be set differently here. Uh, you know, it would depend when you do it, I suppose. Yeah, I'll just first, I just want to say, that there's a whole process to determine what the toll pricing would be. And that would be something that happens, I want to say, late 2024 into 2025. So we're not there yet. Uh, we have not made any determinations whatsoever. And it's going to depend on a lot of factors. And it needs a lot of study and a lot of public input. So we're, I, you know, I'm not going to speculate and say I think it's going to cost X dollars to go across the, the, the causeway on a Friday afternoon because we don't know yet. But I think some of the, the what we see elsewhere is it's and I think what the intention here is that the amount of the toll would vary depending on how congested it is. So if it's a Friday at 5 p.m., you're probably you know going eastbound towards Sacramento from Davis, you're probably going to be paying peak tolls. You know, in places in the Bay Area, you know, we see it kind of peak periods, tolls that are somewhere in the realm of a dollar a mile in those very congested periods. Now, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not what the what the right amount is and how we make sure we're optimizing it again for things like discouraging people from traveling at peak time. So like the Bay Bridge, for example, the Bay Bridge before COVID, when there was a throng of people trying to get into downtown San Francisco every morning, they had the highest tolls between 8 and 9 a.m. and then lower tolls, you know, outside of that peak period. And the idea was to try to encourage people to spread out when they go across the bridge in order to really, you know, avoid this just this big crunch and try to, you know, essentially sort of spread out the peaks, if you will. And I think we'd probably want to look at something similar here. This reminded me a little bit of a conversation I had years ago with B. Gail Wilson when he was city manager of Fairfield. It was there for a long, long time. And I don't know that the idea originated with him, but he said at the time, I-80 through Solano didn't have a capacity problem. It had a scheduling problem. Now, this is 30 years ago, and so the technology to schedule that 
wasn't available the way that it is now. Equity, of course, is a concern with this. No one's going to like the idea that wealthy people get a lane essentially for them, except for a bus once in a while they have to share it with. How do you address that? There have been a variety of programs that have been set up in other parts of the country too, but also in California and San Mateo County was just the latest to do this. Uh, that you know came up with sort of ability to sort of have a robust equity program associated with the managed lanes in San Mateo County along Highway 101. And so, Automatic, if you want to talk about that a little bit, sure. Uh, yeah, thank you. The San Mateo is the first first Northern California program uh, for tolling that, that that sets aside a portion of toll revenue and reinvests it in community programs. And those the, that program was designed with a lot of input from low income communities there on the corridor to hear understand what their transportation needs were and how to best serve them. There's an, a program in, L, in in Los Angeles as well, similarly that you know provides rewards both kind of low income tolls for people who qualify and then also like incentives and discounts for taking the bus and and also that reinvestment in bus service. So there's a lot of good models out there that would be you know, that I think we will be looking towards and we've already committed to um, and and sought funding for and received funding to develop an equity uh, program as part of this. But I think the key thing is really understanding what do communities here need, the communities that are most impacted, you know, in, in West Sacramento, what works in San Mateo County may not what you know work in Yolo County, for example. So it's really about kind of developing that, co-creating that program with the communities that are impacted. So I, I think I heard that there'd be several possibilities that, that might be there, anything from subsidized tolls to new or changed services that would specifically help people who aren't ever going to feel they can afford to pay the extra cost of a high occupancy vehicle lane. So we have a, a few minutes left. And as I was thinking about this larger subject, and we had a version of this in Davis, right? Uh, Lucas, you'll remember this. When, when in Davis, we voted not to widen the underpass into downtown under the railroad tracks right. from the freeway and didn't do it because we didn't, we collectively, the city, uh, did not want to have the traffic pouring into the city. Now, the difference between that and the freeway, as I see it, is the freeway goes through. It's lots of people. It's not It's not a cul-de-sac, essentially, which in a way is what Davis is, at least downtown. I mean, you have to, the idea was to keep it a place you wanted to go to as opposed to an easy place to pass through, right. I think. This is different. But at the core of the growth argument in California for years has been, if you make it harder then you won't have to deal with the crowds. And that's the thing about transit. You know, it tends to work better. I mean, well, obviously it has to go where people want and has to be timely and reliable and well-priced and things like that. But people are also much more likely to take it when driving is miserable. And, you know, that's one reason I think it's more popular in San Francisco than it might be, say, in San Jose. So somewhere that's at the heart of this question, I think. I would just like your thoughts on this. You know, how do we... How do we square this? California is in an unusual place that it has grown so much. So many people want to live here. There's so much opportunity here. I'd say our weather is really good and David's a little hot for me, but how do you strike the balance between saying we got to let people have room to get around, but we don't want to just sprawl? Well, I think so. Uh, first of all, I, yeah, I appreciate sort of the thoughts around this subject. I mean, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think it's it's one thing to talk about an existing interstate or freeway that runs from San Francisco to New York City. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not, this is not just the sort of a three Yolo County issue. This is like, you know, coast to coast highway. 
versus like a creation of a new, you know, a, a brand new out of nothing across Greenfield's development, a freeway or parkway or something like that. So I think that's one just issue. So this exists and we know it's such a vital corridor, not only through our region, but from, you know, and certainly the, you know, the amount we've talked about the the people who are trying to transit from the Bay Area and Sacramento regions and points east, frankly, to Lake Tahoe and the mountains, but also the goods movement <laughs> that this corridor also provides. And I mentioned, you know, from Port of Oakland, essentially to points east, you know, way back across the country. So that is something that needs to be sort of thrown into the mix. I also think a couple of other quick points. One, I think we've really had a misnomer in our society where, you know, this sort of this discussion around freeways being free. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've seen this kind of congestion pricing being used in many other industries for a long time based on demand for a good. And so, you you know, you're going to pay potentially a bit of a premium for various goods. And I think the tool of using managed lanes is one that is newer in the local government arena, and especially around roads and construction. But it's something that I think it's time is well due, well past, you know, in terms of for, for coming due. I mean, I think it's something that is, we start to see that I think there are benefits of having this type of a tool as one of many in our sort of collective toolkit to, to get people to, you know, especially, especially because not only can the, the revenue coming in be used, of course, again, to enhance transit services, to help make bolster those things, but also to help in, reinvest in the in sort of maintenance and operations of the roadway itself, which uh, frankly has been sorely lacking. Uh, as anyway, if you've, <laughs> you or anyone has been on that stretch of interstate anytime in the, you know, the last 10 years, you, you know, it's not, it's not hard to see that. So I think that this kind of a tool, there are, again, I think benefits and potential drawbacks and there's always in the policy world, always kind of a balance there and trying to sort of picking what's the best right choice, so to speak. And so that's just, you know, a few thoughts there about sort of this potential tool and its use here in our part of the state. It's a new, it's a new tool for us in the, you know, here in the Sacramento region, but I think it won't be too many years from now. You'll see this tool being utilized in, you know, Caltrans has other plans aside from Interstate 80 on I-5 and all the way up through Placer County and I-80 and other places. So I think it's, we're going to start to see it uh, on a more regular basis. And, and by that, you mean like uh, congestion pricing, things like that, toll lanes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're seeing it in being utilized in other places around the world too. But in California, this you know Sacramento region is the last sort of major metro area to utilize this tool. So, you know, San Diego, Los Angeles, slash Orange County, as well as uh, the Bay Area, of course, too, you know, have all been using this tool for, you know, I mean, in some places, a, a longer than 10 years already. And I would just add one quick thing to that, which is that it's actually a, the, the introduction of congestion pricing and really kind of changing the equation for how we use our freeways uh, and getting them to be more oriented towards different modes. This is a key strategy in California's plan to meet its climate change goals. Roadway pricing and, and is, is projected to achieve 27 to 37% of the needed per capita vehicle miles travel reduction in order to meet state's goals. That's a direct quote from the Air California Air Resources Board scoping plan. And so we in Yolo County, as in some ways, kind of one of the more progressive corners of the Sacramento region, with this project, we'll, we'll not, it will be the first tolling project in the region if it moves forward as such. And we are laying all the foundation to make sure that tolling and pricing rolls out in the best way, if you will, for the Sacramento region that, that it's investing in transit, that it's, you know, has a robust equity component. So because we know this is a critical strategy, it's part of the region's strategy, it's part of the state strategy, we want to make sure we're doing it in the best possible way. And I, and I can't think of a better place in Sacramento County to be kind of 
rolling out these concepts and making sure that they're done, you know, in a right way. And I think that that's something, you know, Lucas mentioned that he served on the Sacramento Area Council of Government uh, Board of Directors. A number of our board members have, and I think we all sort of recognize that the opportunity and the responsibility that we have to really be kind of regional leaders in, you know, in driving this concept forward. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll need to leave it at that. So Lucas and Autumn, uh, thank you both for appearing on Davisville today. Oh, you're uh, so welcome. Thanks so much for hosting us, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. We've been talking with Auden Bernstein and Lucas Freyricks, Lucas County Board of Supervisors and Autumn of the Yolo Transportation District. We've been talking about the I-80 widening project through Davis. I'm Bill Buchanan. This is Davisville on KDRT in Davis, California. Thank you for listening.